Team Buck, welcome to the Freedom Hunt Tuesday, November 23rd edition, almost Turkey Day. We got libs somehow are always siding with the criminals. Great interview with uh, Tucker Carlson and Kyle Rittenhouse. Discuss that a little bit. The media has no interest, it seems, in the Waukesha attack motive. Uh, The Democrat brand is a wreck, and San Francisco has a new plan to protect its stores that you're going to have to hear to believe. Before we get into all that, when running a business, HR issues can kill you. You've got wrongful termination suits, minimum wage requirements, labor regulations, and HR HR manager salaries aren't cheap, an average of $70,000 a year. Bambi, spelled B-A-M-B-E-E, was created specifically for small business. You can get a dedicated HR manager, craft HR policy, and maintain your compliance, all for just $99 a month. With Bambi, you can change HR from your biggest liability to your biggest strength. Your dedicated HR manager is available by phone, email, or real-time chat. From onboarding determinations, they customize your policies to fit your business. It's month-to-month, no hidden fees, cancel anytime. Go to Bambi today for your free HR audit. Just go to this site, Bambi, B-A-M-B-E-E dot com slash buck right now to schedule your free HR audit. That's Bambi, B-A-M-B-E-E dot com slash buck. So you're noticing something. Crime is up all over the country and has been up for about 18 months now. Why is that happening? Is it really a surprise to anybody? It's not a surprise. It's also not a coincidence when you see the rise of the BLM movement. You see what has been going on with the left's embrace of soft on crime policies. Uh, Homicides in D.C., for example, they've had the 200th homicide of their year. They haven't seen that many in almost 20 years. You've got Houston up big in homicides this year over last year, last year over the year before that by massive numbers. Uh, you've got just go across the board. You're looking at at this point nationwide over the last 18 months. There's no 18 month period in which you would have as large an increase in murders across the country as you've had since they were tracking this. Why is that going on? Well, you see that there is a movement among the Marxists in this country. That's right. That's what they are ideologically. Let's start to speak honestly about this the Marxists, often racial Marxists, but Marxists nonetheless, to undermine law enforcement and law and order and start to ask questions like, you don't really need to stop a home invasion from happening. I mean, you don't you don't really need to prevent people from robbing you on the street. Can't you just give them your wallet and your watch? You certainly shouldn't defend yourself. You shouldn't Rittenhouse the situation and actually Use force in defense of yourself. No, let the mob have their way with you. We live in an unjust society. We should suffer. We should have it all get torn down, they say. Why? What do they want to replace it with? You'll even hear people talk about abolition now as a strategy. Abolition of prisons and police. And of course, they use that word abolition because they want to tie it to the obviously righteous struggle to end slavery in this country. So they're trying to compare people being in prison to the fight against ending uh, human bondage in this country? Really? Why do they pick that? Abolition of prisons, abolition of police, abolish police. That's the step beyond defund. How can anyone really believe in this madness? Well, also, how can people have 
the sense that they do about what's real in this country when it comes to law enforcement and what is not. I mean, here, for example, is somebody who he's he's a smart guy and he's effective on TV, but he's wrong about basically everything. Van Jones over at CNN. Here's his assessment in the aftermath of the Rittenhouse not guilty verdict. And really, let's all remember Rittenhouse was innocent. He was beyond innocent. He did nothing wrong. And in fact, the more details come out about what happened that night, the more people realize, then they start to understand as well that he is heroic in many ways. Here is Van Jones, though, saying something that's just not true. I think the reason that you have a lot of shock and and anger and frustration uh, from the black community and and from progressives is there's never been an African-American kid. You think 400 years of of, of provocations and bad stuff that's happened and threats against us. There's never been an African-American kid that walked around with an AR-15 and shot three people and got held as a hero ever. And it will never happen. And so there's just from the very beginning a sense that uh, uh, there's, there are two, there's a two-tier system here where we don't have the right to self-defense in the same way. I don't have a Second Amendment right in the same way. If Van Jones walked down the street with an AR-15, you know what you say about me? It sure was nice knowing Van Jones because I'm not going to have a chance to explain myself. That's just not true. I mean, this is, this is a delusional, right? This doesn't actually connect to the reality of what happens in America today. There were many people. This was, of course, underreported. There were many people who were armed that night, including one of the people shot by Rittenhouse, who was waving an illegal handgun, illegal for him to hold and have in Rittenhouse's face. So a lot of people had guns. They didn't get shot. The only people who got shot were part of a mob assaulting a kid by himself. That's it. That was the determining factor. It wasn't skin color. It wasn't anything else. But they keep pretending that there's something wrong with what Rittenhouse did. And ultimately, what you come away with it realizing is that it's because Rittenhouse stood up to the mob and he suffered for a while. But he ended up being vindicated and he stood up to the mob and he won. You're not allowed to do that. The left's power comes from the mob. It comes from the ability to terrify everyday citizens, not just that they will be subject to its force, and maybe they will have their business or their home burned down or looted or destroyed, uh, but also they'll be punished by the broader society for not going along with the mob. So someone who stands athwart the madness and on the other side is shown to have been correct, honorable, decent, that's a huge threat to the left-wing apparatus. I I would also point out since Van Jones is claiming, so let's just let's unpack this for a second. Van Jones there is claiming that as a um, as a black man, if he walked around with an AR-15 in Kenosha, he would have been shot. Okay, that's what he's saying. Uh, just yesterday, if you're wondering, there were members of the New Black Panther Party rallying outside a courthouse, and yes. Some of them were doing open carry with rifles, including AR-15s. Were any of them shot? So members of an avowed black militant group gathered outside the Ahmad Arbery trial. And there's video, there's photos of a father and daughter, both armed with AR-15s. And, and they're not there because they want to clean up graffiti and help a community. They're there because they're militants who think the system is entirely racist 
And it's essentially an implied threat against the courthouse in the Ahmad Arbery trial. He, these guys better be found guilty or else. But they're lawfully present. They are lawfully armed. And they didn't get shot. So Van Jones is saying something for which we've actually run a very clear analogous test in the last 24 hours. And it's obviously not true. Now, you might say, well, does he care that it's not true? The answer is, of course, no, he does not care that it is untrue. But the point is, he says it. This is the propaganda out there. And uh, this is why the left is so very upset about it. Joy Reid, who is possibly the craziest person on TV news right now, which is I mean, she's up there in the Olbermann category of this person's really a lunatic who should get help. But she hates Kyle Rittenhouse. And if you watch the Tucker interview with him, as I did last night, and it was excellent. Uh, if you watch that interview, you see this guy who, meaning Rittenhouse, is a nice kid. Didn't want to hurt anybody. He just felt like something wrong was going on. And the, the way he was trying to stop it was to prevent people from burning down buildings and prevent the destruction. He didn't go to hunt anyone down. He wasn't going seeking violence, but he was going to prevent violence. Right? He's not the bank robber. He's the cop, so to speak, in this scenario. And then if the bank robber attacks the cop, is it the cop's fault for being there and being armed? Now, I know that's law enforcement personnel and Rittenhouse is not law enforcement. But if we're talking about moral culpability, he's allowed. He's lawfully present in Kenosha, lawfully armed. He has rights. He has a right to be there. He has a right to be armed. He also has a right to self-defense. Very clear how this all lines up. And in fact, the more I see and the more I hear about what happened that night, because look, they lied. I wasn't there. I didn't see. I have to rely on media reports at some level, too, because I can't be present ever or all the time. I never I always thought Rittenhouse was defending himself. But the more I know about what happened that night, the more it's yeah, he is actually this kid is heroic. Would I have been worried about my own family member going into that maelstrom? Yeah, I would have been worried. Maybe I would have counseled them against it. But isn't that what heroes do? Don't they go into difficult, dangerous circumstances to do the right thing? But here's the opposite of heroic joy reed on msnbc brainwashing her insane audience play two now to the question dividing america kyle rittenhouse hero or vigilante days after rittenhouse was acquitted of all charges including double homicide the american right including some of the most craven openly inflammatory bomb throwers in the republican party celebrated the gunning down of three fellow americans leaving two of them dead like it was the super bowl some of these professional right-wing trolls who get paid with your tax money as political representatives are now fighting over who gets to hire Rittenhouse as an intern. So I, I just want to be clear. Where's Joy Reid's outrage about the guy who plays, uh, I can't remember his name, but he's in um, Pedro something, Pedro Pascal, I think, who's from the Game of Thrones series, who was mourning as martyrs, openly as martyrs. The three, the, the two guys who were killed, one of whom was a, a child rapist. I mean, a, a proven, convicted child rapist. Notice the heroes the left has are psychotic criminal losers who scream they're going to kill people and scream the N-word. Notice it doesn't bother the left that the one guy was screaming the N-word while threatening to kill people. Like, has anyone called him racist? Oh, I know he's dead now, but would anyone else get away with that? Who's white? I don't think so. But under the circumstances, they create this false narrative of sainthood for the people that Rittenhouse shot because that serves their 
narrative. Rittenhouse is the the enemy, so whatever they can do to change the storyline such that people think of Rittenhouse as a bad guy, that is what they will do. That is the situation in which we find ourselves. So now we also have to look at what happens in Waukesha. I have, in many cases, been somebody who has argued. I remember being on CNN and arguing with people about uh, and I, I, I'm trying to remember specifically, there were a few times where they were ha- they had me on to talk about, well, well, was this a terrorist attack? And whenever it was a a minority and a Muslim involved in the attack, CNN did everything possible. They would put the dumbest quote experts imaginable on air to say, oh, well, you know, there's a it's complicated and there's a lot of complexity here. And they would hide in minutiae, essentially. I'd sit there and say, well, the person yelled on their cell phone, I'm doing this for Allah and the jihad. So I think it's fair to call them a jihadist. And I'm not really exaggerating. I mean, there were incidents that were pretty similar to that in terms of clarity. And they would put some moron on television and say, oh, that's not true. This is about, you know, the lack of assimilation in society or something. You can actually go back and check. There was a time at CNN they had a panel of, I think it was two retired generals, uh, another ex-CIA guy and some academic and I was the only one and and this is right after the um, this is right after the truck uh, ran over all these people in France uh, the Nice attack and one after another they all went around and they said oh well this is what happens when you don't assimilate your minorities well and they got to me and I was the last one to speak and I said this is appalling this is a jihadist attack on our French brothers and sisters of all races religions and ethnicities they were at Bastille Day celebrating. It's, it's like our 4th of, 4th of July, kind of. I mean, it's different. French Independence Day is actually not Bastille Day, but that's not, that doesn't matter. The point is they're, they were there, gathered together, families, people trying to enjoy their lives, and, you know, 80 of them mowed down with a truck. With a truck. Oh, that's right. And afterwards, they were saying, oh, we don't know, and we can. And sure enough, they found out, yes, it was you know, tied to ISIS and the whole thing. It was not a surprise at all. But in the initial hours, they wanted to make it about the bad white Europeans who don't assimilate people well enough. And that's why trucks mow down 80 people at, at a uh, celebration like that. And they, and, they, and they came to me, and I was the only one. I'll never forget. I had two guys come up to me. Um, they were a, a, a married couple, same-sex couple. And they came up to me a, a day or two after this. I was at a department store in downtown. The only time I'd ever been in this department store in downtown Manhattan and they came running up to me and they were just like, we saw you on CNN talking about that terrorist attack. And I was like, oh, God, here we go. Are you Islamophobic or whatever? I just, I don't know, these guys, you know, I thought maybe they might be liberal. I didn't know. And they said, you were fantastic. What is wrong with those other maniacs that were on who were blaming the French people while people are still mourning their dead relatives? Like, these guys were fired up. These guys were anti-woke. They were amazing. But I've been through these fights. I've been through these arguments in the past where in the service of narrative, they pretend to never know the motive. We can never know the real motive. Were we there? Are you in that attacker's head? And you might even say, well, what about when there's a confession? I've heard Libs say even with a confession, you know, it's more mental illness. It's a combination of being an outcast in society. It's not really... Because they adhere to a jihadist philosophy of kill all the infidels and destroy their civilizations. Anything but that. 
right? Any, anything but the ideology of Islamic radicalism could actually be held responsible for some of the bad things that were going on during the era of, of modern jihad. And now I turn to Waukesha because I say they want us to believe. They want us to believe that what happened there was a guy who has anti-BLM, anti-white, anti-Trump, anti-Jewish postings all over the Internet and had a recent history of using his car as a weapon. They want us to believe that there was some undetermined knife fight or knife threat that made him then drive up behind a parade full of people and mow down as many as possible, just like the attack on uh, Bastille Day in Nice in, Paris, in uh, France. And they want us to believe that this just happened. It wasn't an accident. It was murder. Why did he murder all those people? Why did he murder all those people? They're just going to keep saying, oh, we can never know. Well, I can play that game with any motive. I can play that game with any crime. Unless you are the criminal, you never really know. Did they hear voices? Did they have a, you know, a disassociative break from reality? Did they turn into somebody else temporarily? You know, you can never really know. This is what they're doing in Waukesha right now. And they're just waiting for anyone to come out and say, guys, it seems pretty obvious that this individual. Yeah, sure. I'm sure he has addiction and, you know, there's some mental illness in his background and aggression issues and things like that based on his criminal history. But no animus against the people and, and no no simmering animus against the Rittenhouse verdict, which if you turn on just mainstream Democrat news networks, they'll tell you was the result of white supremacy and white men getting away with murder. And now they, they don't want you to remember this, but there was a guy who had a somewhat in the basic similar profile, young African-American male, long criminal history who murdered five Dallas police officers not long ago in an execution style or ambush style, I should say, assault with a with a rifle. And some of it was on video. Uh, it was horrific. And he did it on behalf of BLM because white cops were murdering black men without consequence. So this was payback for it. That's why he did it. It's actually one of the few times they ever deployed a essentially a robot used for undoing explosives they actually used as an explosive to get this guy because he was refusing to come out um that happened so it's not to say this isn't a crazy idea at all but what they do is they make sure that no one is allowed the narrative is not allowed to gather any steam it's not allowed to get any momentum we don't know that's the only answer we don't know we'll never know oh you don't you can't prove that you can't even say the theory out loud you can't prove it oh it's the propaganda, friends. This is how they do it. This is how they make sure that people can't get to the truth. Take a break for a moment here to talk about my pillow because Mike Lindell's team is amazing. I've got my pillows on my bed. I've got a whole array of their products like the mattress topper, the Giza Dream sheets, towel slippers, and more. Listeners like you have helped build my pillow into the incredible company it is today. And Mike wants to give back to all of you. You can get great discounts on MyPillow products by going to MyPillow.com right now, clicking on the Radio Listener Special Square. You'll see rotational offers up to 66% off products like their pillows, mattress topper, and the Giza sheets, but also new products like their slippers, weighted blankets, robes, waffle blankets, and more. All MyPillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee. Enter promo code BUCK for these great radio specials. Again, just go to MyPillow.com. Make sure you use that promo code BUCK. You'll get amazing radio specials. 
San Francisco has had these theft mobs operating now, among other cities, Chicago. Hmm, who's in charge in these places? Is it Republicans or Democrats? And they're realizing they're going to have to deal with this. They're going to have to figure out how they stop it. So you know what? London Breed, the mayor of San Francisco, has decided it's going to be the move. Uh, limiting car traffic to the Union Square area of San Francisco. So because some people drive up, there were 80 people involved, I believe, in one of these thefts. 80. All right. Think about that. Yeah. Even if see the whole point is even if you have a security guard, what's a security guard going to do? They just overwhelm the system. It's kind of like our southern border. Overwhelm the system. Doesn't even matter. Right. And they overwhelm the system, even if it's in place, a security system in these stores, they steal up to one hundred thousand dollars, maybe more of merchandise. And what's going to be done about it? Oh, they're going to limit London breed mayor of San Francisco. San Francisco has been ruined as a city. They don't want to talk about it. You'd hear more about it. My brother has, one of my brothers has a lot of friends because he, he went to, uh, did a semester of business school in the Bay Area and, and has a lot of friends in the tech world. And people are, are fleeing San Francisco who can all over the place. You know, some people have a job they can't leave or they have to be there, but a lot of people have decided they've had enough. They're out. And here's an example, I would just note, of that mentality. This is a tweet that went viral or that decision-making, from a woman named Michelle uh, Tandler. She is a moderate liberal, and here's what she wrote. This is on her Twitter account. One of my best friends in San Francisco was burglarized and robbed last week while sleeping. Two days later, she saw three men peering into her backyard. She called the San Francisco Police Department sobbing. They did not come. I've never lived someplace where the government just doesn't care about you, she said. She and her husband are going to turn their home into a security fortress. Motion detectors, lights, cameras. I was told that next time I have to say they have a weapon, she said. Be careful, I warned. That could get you in trouble. I explained to her that we have laws which should give someone the right to sue her for calling the cops if they aren't committing a crime. So what should she do if she sees people peering into her yard with cameras? I have no idea. She asked, does the government want me to be here? If I pay taxes, shouldn't they protect me? I responded, I don't think our government cares if you are protected. I don't think they want you to be here. I think they see you as a gentrifier. She was hesitant to tell me because she was worried it would upset me. She was right. I'm upset. I'm upset because I want my hometown of San Francisco to feel safe. I want my government to care about our residents. I want to feel safe, too. It doesn't matter if it's just stuff. It's scary as hell to have someone enter your home. The fact that we have a city as a city have accepted burglaries And property crime, as the cost of living here, ignores the emotional toll. This isn't right. Now, she's so smart on all this. And then she writes, for the record, I have zero interest in owning or using a gun. I believe in outsourcing that responsibility to highly trained professionals. Well, about that. Might want to rethink that one a little bit there. Now, notice the cognitive dissonance. I need the people with the guns to protect me from the state. And they're not coming. And she goes, but I don't want to have a gun because the guns are icky. Mm, I don't know. I want to try one. Get a little training. It's not that hard. Make you feel better. The moment that they legalize any kind of carry here in New York City, I mean, I'm actually probably going to start the process now of uh, getting a, a lawful handgun in New York. They make it as miserable as humanly possible, and you can only keep it in your home. You can't take it anywhere. So uh, the Supreme Court, I think, is going to change that. So I'm going to be going through that process. But for now, friends, yeah. Um, be more like Rittenhouse. Stand watch. Shields high.